Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms, so it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, my name is Chris Williams, and you are now listening to the Grow Your Side Business Podcast. I help ambitious employees grow a profitable side business. If you haven't had an opportunity yet, go check out growyoursidebusiness.com where we've got all the content, the tips, the strategies, and more. You're in the right place at the right time, and we're here to help you grow a serious profitable side business. Let's listen to today's episode. All right, what's going on, everybody? Hey, listen, um, you are in the side business field. I know your notifications just went off um, and you're probably like Russian. Don't worry, because this conversation is going to be really good. You know, I told you guys earlier this week, like we had some really cool interviews back to back to back. And today's conversation, man, um, I I say this all the time. And then I know y'all be like, Chris, you say the same thing every time. But I'm not kidding, because every time you hear the interview, you go, he wasn't kidding. This person was really cool. But this person I'm bringing you today is actually really, really cool. In fact, here's the thing I want you to know. In certain circles, there are times that you meet people uh, who embody the quote that I absolutely love. The quote I love that says is, your vision has to be big enough that other people can see themselves in it. And this woman, this woman right here, has a vision around empowering parents to not only be themselves, show up authentically, but have a relationship with their children that is is unrivaled, right? Doesn't matter their friendship statuses and all these other things. She is helping bring some some unique perspectives, talking about things that are really important to us as parents. Now, here's the crazy part because I want to I want to walk through a few things. Number one, uh, as entrepreneurs, as some of you are budding entrepreneurs, as all of you and in our tribe, lovely known as successfully discontent. One thing you have found is that it's very difficult, I know I did, especially when my kids became teenagers, to speak the same language in the same room at the same time. So she has gotten to uh, not only be able to master that in her own journey with her children, but here's the cool part. She's not just keeping her learnings and her understanding to herself. She's actually been sharing it. She is the host of the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast, which I highly suggest that every single person go listen, especially mama bears out there who've been climbing the corporate ladder and maybe you feel a bit guilty about potentially pursuing your passions or you're wondering, you know, can I ever have that type of relationship with my kids again or for the first time? Let me tell you something, you need to go listen to uh, her show. Now, let me give you a little bit of background on the woman that you're gonna hear from today, Stephanie the Blake. Listen, um, I met her through a mastermind. Uh, inside of ClickFunnels, we are a part of the, uh, the same community. And so uh, we got a chance to actually meet the first time down in Mexico. And her and her husband, Johnny, were like the most gracious people. Um, they didn't know us from a can of paint. We were brand new getting down there. And being in the same room with just like a couple of hundred people, 
you kind of feel like a fish out of water. She was very friendly, always a smiling face. Her and her husband were very nice. And we've gotten to know each other over the last few months. Well, we had a big uh, marketing conference uh, not too long ago. And man, since when, since we met then up until now, she's done some incredible things like interview a Russell Brunson, like talk to people about uh, their parenting styles and what they've done and the things that they've gone through in their home. More importantly, she has a community of people that is powerhouse. Listen, I, I, I got so many questions and y'all know me. I, I keep a pen and notes. So it's about time. So <laughs> with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to some and present to others. Uh, someone that I am getting to know and someone you are going to definitely love and respect by the end of this, Stephanie Dove Blake. How are you doing today? Hey, oh my gosh. I am so blessed to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. And what the, what well, that was an incredible intro, Chris. And I can say the same goes for you and your beautiful wife. Y'all have been an absolute pleasure to get to know. It's been awesome. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, I know there's a couple of things that are going to happen. I got people that'll be asking some things and sharing some stuff down in the chat. So we'll get to that. Um, but I want to kind of, um, I, I want to start here because when I was looking at what you have your hands on, like right now in the moment, what I'm more surprised by is the fact that you've done this with children. You've done this. They've seen the, change of mom, right? They've gotten a chance to watch your journey, but more importantly, they're also getting to enjoy the fruits of the sacrifices and the labor that you've put in. So here's why I'd like to start. Number one, if I were to introduce you from stage, I hope I did a good job on that introduction, but if I were to introduce you from stage and you were to share like the number one thing that you're after based on where you are today, when you look back at all that you've achieved so far, what are you really after right now? And then give us a little flavor of like, what's your day-to-day -day world as a mom running a business with a very supportive husband? I want, oh, I got some questions about Johnny too, because he's such a, uh, he's a really cool guy. We got the chance to vibe and talk about some really interesting conversations, but what's it like being a mom running a business, having engagement with your children, and in some ways having to hold yourself accountable to the very thing that you're actually sharing with the world. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, first off, uh, you know, what, what am I all about right now? I mean, oh, I've, I've done a lot of things in my life and, uh, I, I'm, I'm all, I'm 43 years old, you guys. I still can't even believe it. I'm 43 and I have four kids. They're uh, 10, 15, almost 18 and 21. And I find myself in this place of life where I've built a seven figure digital marketing agency that is currently running. I have a team of 15 and you know that agency has completely and totally changed our lives. And whenever I walked on stage to get my first two comma club award, I was so incredible incredibly blessed and so in awe of, of just the the whole moment but i remember after the fact i remember thinking okay listen stephanie talking to myself the next time i go and i get a two comma club award this has been absolutely incredible but the next time and there will be a next time i want to do it because i have represented impact in families lives 
I was thinking about what is a business I can do with my kids? What is a business that is about something that I care so much about, which is families and parenting in this crazy digital age where we've got screens everywhere. And, and what is something that I know a lot about that I could share with other families. And so that gave way to the birth of powerful parenting, the business. And um, I still run my incredible agency. I love my digital marketing agency. I love my team. Um, and I'm also venturing out and I'm believing and, and holding belief uh, to create a, a beautiful tribe for people to be a part of who are high achievers and incredible people. Um, but in the process of building an empire online, they don't want to lose the kingdom at home. And so that is the main focus. And, you know, it, it's not easy, I have to say, uh, doing what I choose to do every day. There's a lot that goes on. I was just telling Chris before we jumped on, abnormally, we had like crazy fires over in my agency today. And so it took a lot more time out of my day than it normally does. Um, but, uh, you know, between that and then starting this, uh, it, it, and then involving my kids, like all of the resources that we're creating in the powerful parenting uh, tribe, almost every single one of them, my kids have touched it in some way, shape or form, whether they gave their insight as someone who has been on that social media platform, or one of them actually made the walkthrough completely themselves, or one of them helped me build the funnel. Like I've got my kids involved as much as I possibly can with everything they've got going on in their lives. And uh, again, it's not always perfect, but the whole idea here is that we don't have to be perfect parents. We just need to work on how do we show up powerfully in our kids' lives. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And I want to help other people do it as well. Because if I'm going to leave a mark, I want to leave a mark in that vein. So, wow. Okay. You you started somewhere that I wanted to get to a little later, but we're going to go here right now. Because I'm going to tell you something that I have struggled with. And I don't really have an answer. I'm not saying that you will have a perfect answer, but maybe you'll be able to help me navigate these waters. So... There's the narrative out there of like, hey, build something that can be a legacy you could leave for your children or build a business to leave for your children. But Stephanie, there's somebody like me going, yeah, but what if that's not an interest of your children? So the thing that I naturally want to ask is, well, Stephanie, how do you go about involving your children in the business that you're building? Because I have not been as successful in that realm. Um, you know, I got an 18 and 19 year old, right? And so they're at that place in their life where they're off to college now. Now they're exploring kind of their own world. So, but even when they were younger, I mean, from my wife doing real estate investing and, you know, uh, us building our, uh, one, of, one of the first businesses we built together was in the health and wellness space. You know, like, how do you, what did you do? What were the things that you went, okay, this is how I can involve my children. I like the idea you mentioned something there about, and I want you to explore that, you know, you you let them touch it a little bit. Talk to me about how you started that process with the kids and how do you even get these kids interested? Yeah, so I have to say, I come at it from a different approach in that I know that each kid is so unique. They're so different and each one has a different uh, gift that they were have been given and then there's gifts that you can cultivate right yeah. and so one of my kids is a techie like from birth just like me and my husband me and my husband are both techies um i still remember the first time my fingers touched a computer i think i was nine years old and i literally felt like a fish that had finally found water like i understood the windows operating system backwards and forwards i learned how to build computers like it was just my thing right like 
from so early. And um, my firstborn is very much like that. And so then we go on to my second son. He's an incredible leader. He's an incredible communicator. He's probably going to be really good at sales. He's still working on some of this stuff. Um, and then my third daughter is hyper creative and she is someone I can hand a to-do list to and she's going to knock it out. And it's incredible. And I see that gift and that skill in her. And so my youngest, she's still, she's still learning. She's a lot like my husband is. Um, she's kind of the life of the party. She brings joy wherever she is and um, not as much techie. So she's just, they're all just so different, right? And so whenever we talk about having our kids involved, I think it's super important to not shove a, a, you know, a, a, a square peg in a round hole and to actually just bring your kids along on the journey to see where they naturally fit in the landscape of your business. But there's a very important caveat to that, right? Because how can you do that if you're so enthralled in your business or you're let's just say, because you can be completely swallowed whole by your business, whether you're at the beginning stages or you're at the ending stages. And I hope, I hope, I hope that everybody who's listening to this, that whenever you're running a business, that you have a good mentor in your life that's saying, hey, slow down. Don't build an empire to lose the kingdom at home. And a lot of times when we get swallowed whole by our business, we don't have the capacity to actually be thinking about how do I bring my kid into this conversation? How do I share what just happened in business with my family? Because we're so busy thinking about what just happened in our business or what that next step is or what the next funnel is or the, the messaging or this or that or whatever the thing is, right? In reality, um, it, it, it's hard, but we have to be able to take a breather, make sure we're thinking about things in all veins of our lives. And then we let those veins intersect, right? Or those verticals or those columns so that business can be shared over with the kids and your husband and you're bringing them in and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Or, you know, I, um, I, I think it's going to be best if we, if I do this and I'm not sure, or I'm facing this business problem, what do you guys think? And bringing them into the business, even though they may not actually have any wherewithal to give you a great answer for those things, they start to become a part of the business. They start to become a part of what you're doing and they start to understand the story of what you're building. And I think that's one of the biggest, most important parts is bringing your kids into the story of what's happening. And I've been so fortunate to have like this crazy transformative story. And my kids did experience that. I mean, we went from not being able to do any extracurricular activities, you know, we didn't get to eat out kind of ramen noodle nights kind of situation and just really feeling strapped all the time to, oh my gosh, our entire life has completely and totally changed financially. And what does that look like? And oh my gosh, mom's speaking at events and what's this, what's happening over here and what's going on over there. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's been incredible to kind of, for them to be able to see that journey happen. And so they've gotten to watch the progression of the effective business. And so, and they've also got to watch me go from working for others and then working for myself and what that looks like. And sometimes that looks like working really, really hard. And sometimes that looks like getting to play really, really hard. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast. And I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. 
Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. You know, you bring up something really interesting and, I, and I, I'd like to go down this path. So, you know, because you've allowed the, I love what you said, the intersection of those conversations to, to be able to hit home um, and involving, involving the kids and involving your spouse, Let's talk about your relationship with your husband, Johnny, for a second. Yeah. So I'd like to understand, because I'm a man, and so I wouldn't know what this is like. But, you know, as men, when we're building a business and our spouse is either supporting or building it with us, right, um, we have our ways, we have a way that we think about things and different stuff. What's it like being a woman building a business with a husband who is uh, supporting and helping to build the business as well? What is that like, um, you know, being the driver? What is that like as a woman who's uh, you're not just like, you know, it's one thing to manage a business and outside of the business, you got the 15 employees and personalities. No, the personalities and the people are also in the house. Yeah, it's not like it's not like you could just separate the two. Right. What's that journey like as a woman? And and what things could you share with with the ladies in our, from our community about what you've learned over the last several years as you've been building this thing? That's a really great question. And it's definitely been something that I've actually had a lot of people ask me before, um, because I have quite a few friends in, you know, big businesses where the woman was the one who started the business and um for various reasons their marriage you know didn't it didn't work out and or they're struggling and they'll say how do you how are you doing all this and keeping your marriage intact and um i have to tell you it's not always easy because uh my husband is incredible and he makes a lot of it easy because he uh, you know, he's very secure as a man and who he is and, and what we're doing. So, um, he doesn't necessarily deal with a ton of like the ego issues of like, oh yeah, my wife does all these things. Um, because he is a part of it. I couldn't do what I'm doing if it wasn't for our partnership together. Like I wouldn't do what we're doing. I would never choose to do what I'm doing right now if I didn't have him helping me because what I know would have been, ex uh, at stake would have been my kids. Um, so him coming through and helping out like the past two years or so, you know, he's been the person who in our home thinks about what are we going to eat for dinner? You know, what groceries do we need? Are we out of toilet paper? You know, those kind of things. He's also making huge, big decisions as well with me, you know, of course, but he, if, if he wasn't willing to be all in on that, there's no way I could really go in all in on my business and feel good about that. Because otherwise what would happen is our children, you know, um, wouldn't be being taken care of. Like I, the standard at which I want them to be taken care of, you know, and, um, it would be so much harder to do anything because instead of turning away from this computer and turning into my family and spending time with my kids, I would be running to Walmart to, to do the grocery shopping. I would be making every dinner. I would be doing, running the kids, going and picking them up from school and dropping them off and, and doing all these things that, that he carries and he does. And I have so much respect for that because for decades, well, a decade and a half, that's what I did. I was a homeschooling mom of four right? I was homeschooling three kids and nursing and trying to start a business and doing all the laundry, doing all of the dishes, you know, making all the meals and doing all the things. Like I know what it takes 
It is a job. It is a real job. And so with John, Johnny, he, he, it's so funny. I've always called him John, but his given name is Johnny. And so for him, uh, it's been really important, uh, for everybody to know him as Johnny. And so I'm trying to correct calling him Johnny, but so my Johnny, he, um, he is definitely, uh, a backbone in this family and I couldn't do any of it without him. But the, the things that we have had to work on uh, to all the women in the group and the men in the group is that when I'm traveling or we're doing anything, he would often say to me, he's like, it's not that I don't trust you. I said, I don't trust other men. And so we would have some issues with whenever I was traveling and I have to travel quite a bit for my, for my business on the agency side. And, um, you know, there was some anxiety and things like that, that we had to kind of work on together in, in how do we cross this bridge and what does this look like for me to be traveling to events? Like, when can I bring Johnny with me? When is he going to need to stay here or want to stay here? And then how do we have effective communication so that he's not concerned and worried about me? And then he knows that I'm okay and that nothing has happened to me and this and that. And listen, I'm an ADHD entrepreneur, so I'll be out at an event and I will be, when I'm talking with you and we're in person, I am all in on what you're saying. And it's almost like I lose all sense of time, all sense of anything. And so I was the worst. I would like just be gone for three hours and it's because I'm just talking to people. I'm talking to people for three hours and I wouldn't think, oh man, um, you know, I should definitely make sure John know that I actually made it to the event and I'm alive <laughs> or I made it back to my hotel room or whatever. So there's been nuances of learning how to navigate those things and then also how to navigate, you know, handling money and big business decisions. Um, I'm almost always try to run any bit huge big business decisions uh, across through Johnny because I, I value his wisdom um, and I value his buy-in even more than I'm not even more, I guess the same amount as his wisdom. I value his buy-in on what I'm doing and what we're building together essentially. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you bring up some of those things because I will tell you, uh, my wife is, you know, when we first got married, you know, she's, she, she made way more money than I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that would, that took a little getting used to as a husband. A lot of men struggle in those areas, uh, mainly just because ego. So fellas, let it go. Um, but you know, most men, because we, because our need to feel significant at times, unfortunately was tied to monetary gains. Right. So, yeah. um, there was that, but then there was also the understanding that, and, and I know I've learned this, there are things that my wife is better at than I am when it comes to overall business. And so we started understanding each other better and going, mm. okay, this is where you're okay. Then you need to stay in your lane and then you need to stay in your lane because then if we both are working that way, this thing could actually work. Yeah. What has worked that you guys have found in that rhythm of staying in each other's lane um, as you've been building business? Like what, what is that for you guys? Ooh, that's another good question. Um, I would say, uh, I am a problem solver by nature. Like okay. I, you, I, I, I joke around with my team. Like sometimes we'll have a heavy day or whatever, and there'll be like this list on our rally document of all the problems or things that they need answers. And I was like, all right, let's go. I eat problems for breakfast. Let's do this. <laughs> right. Like, and so that's just kind of my mentality and my attitude around, you know, who I am and how I show up. And my husband of course is a problem solver, but he's a thinker. 
Okay. So, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with strengths finder. If you, if you've never taken the strengths finder test, I highly recommend it. And their focus is on your strengths, hence the name strengths finder. And so at the top that whenever you take the test, it spits out 34 strengths, right? And you're going to have strengths that are at the top and you're gonna have strengths that are at the bottom. So the strengths that are at the top are what you're really good at. Like this, this is where you should really flow and be if you want to have exponential growth. Whereas the things that are at the bottom are actually, you know, weaknesses. They're not so strong strengths as like they like to say it. And um, at the bottom of my strengths is deliberation. And so what that means is I don't like to deliberate. I don't like to mull things over. I like to think through things quickly and I like to make decisions. My husband, on the other hand, is very good at deliberation. He wants to think things through and he also likes to poke holes in things. And he likes to say, well, I don't think it's going to work because of X, Y, Z. And so it's been so neat once we've done the Strengths Finder as well as Myers-Briggs. Um, oh my gosh, the revelations we have had about each other in marriage and also in business has been huge. Uh, just understanding our personalities and we joke around and we laugh. Well, let me close the loop on the, it's so funny. I said, close the loop, but I'll tell you why in a second, but let me close the loop on the deliberation situation. So I, I, I will get in there and I will solve problems and I will make decisions quickly, but sometimes that doesn't serve me. Sometimes I need to slow down and I need to ask people who are actually really good at deliberating and thinking through all the scenarios first before I take action. And so I've learned that. And so I utilize my husband and uh, two other people on my team. And I always, whenever I have big decisions or things like that, that I'm always like, okay, I need to chill out and I need to like roll this over and chat with Johnny about it and see what his thoughts are. But then whenever we go over to the other side of it, it's very funny because there's one area that neither him nor I excel at. So I'm an ENFP on the Myers-Briggs. He is an ENTP. And so my personality type is the uh, campaigner and his is the debater. And so, but the, the curious thing about this personality assessment is the very last letter of that assessment, uh, ENFP, and we, John and I both have a P at the end, means that you are an open looper. And that means that you love to open loops, means you have lots of ideas and yeah, it could be that. And you're fine with leaving things up in the air rather than closing those loops. And um, so that's been one thing that has been huge for John and I, because that we have to be both aware that neither one of us are necessarily really great at closing loops. We, we, we don't mind just going, yeah, I think we could do that over there. Maybe. Um, what about that one thing? Oh yeah. 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 And so it's so funny to see that play out and also to be aware of it so that whenever we have something going on, it's like, man, we better close that loop. Like, or we need to have someone else to close that loop for us because we don't, we don't necessarily want to do it. Or like, did we think that all the way through? Did we, did we actually give a response to that? Because we'll be, you know, we have to watch out because we'll leave, we'll leave loops open. So, um, yeah, so we've learned both how to stay in each other's lane, but then also where are our weaknesses because we're so similar. And so that's come out in parenting actually, because neither him nor I are people who like consistency again on the strengths finder is very, very low on my list. I don't like doing anything consistently. Like don't make me show up and do the same thing over and over again. I will rebel in some way, shape or form. And my husband is the exact same way. So I, I can actually create tons of schedules. I'm actually really good at schedules and, and all of that kind of stuff, but keeping them 
is like a whole different story. And so it's comical between him and I, when we set something in the house and we're like, this is what we're going to do. And some of our kids are more consistent than we are. And it's like, weren't we supposed to do that thing? Or like, weren't we going to be doing this every week? And we're like, uh, it's been six weeks of that. Do we have to do it? And so it's, it's just really comical. So knowing yourselves in, in your combined weaknesses, your combined strengths is just, it's so incredibly powerful. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands of others just like you, probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are. Well, listen, I decided to create a community. That's right. I have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us. It is called Successfully Discontent. Go to SuccessfullyDiscontent.com right now. It's free. It's a free newsletter. You'll get it every single week. Tips, tricks, strategies, information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. You know, as you as you talk about that, the thing that it makes me think about is how much work it is to communicate this stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not only how much work it is to communicate this stuff, but to constantly go back to it, because, you know, there's uh, I, I tell this joke all the time in the house to my wife about like, you know, today I do not eat tomatoes. Like if you put a tomato on my sandwich, I feel like you just hate me. Right. Like, I just, like <laughs> do not put a tomato on my sandwich. Right. But that doesn't mean 10 years from now. I might like tomatoes. Right. Yeah. And so then I, 10 years from now, I might think it's blasphemy that you didn't put, you know, a, a tomato. And I guess my, my point to that is, it's like, listen, we're all going to grow, evolve, change. Like, right. Like you're, you're not going to always be the same. So it's really important that um, we go back to some of these things, right? None of this stuff is set in stone. You're not the same person that you were when you started the business for sure. And you're probably happy you're not that same person, right? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, So so here's what I like to do. We're gonna talk about the current marketing agency. We're gonna talk about what you're doing with the podcast. Man, I I got so many things about that I wanna share. But let's go back for a second. I, I I want you to talk about before the seven figure business, before the, you know, the stuff that was, that's going on now, before anybody else, but you and your family and your neighbors knew the Blake family, right? Who was Stephanie? Like, what, did you have a regular job at a, at a point in time? <laughs> who, did you, you know, like who, who was Stephanie, right? Because yeah. 
I always say that like, um, I heard this really great quote, anything that happened all of a sudden happened incrementally over time. Ooh, yeah. So you didn't just happen all of a sudden, right? Like you, you were getting to where we are today. Who was Stephanie before the business, before the stuff? Talk to me about that, that version of you. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? What were you afraid of? Give us, give us an understanding of that. Absolutely. Um, man. So Stephanie, before all this crazy stuff happened, uh, I have to tell you, I've, I've always been a geek as far as technology goes. I mentioned oh, okay. when I first found my computer, you know, um, so actually in high school, uh, I, I had a lot going on in my childhood. I lost my seven, I'm sorry, my husband, my, <laughs> wow. I lost my dad at seven years old to bone cancer, unfortunately. And my mom was very sick uh, due to some back issues that she had and some medicine through my tween and teen years. She was on lots of medication, had lots of surgeries and, and unfortunately I ended up losing her in my, in my twenties. And so, but during that the tween and teen years, I was so sick and tired of high school. I was uh, junior high, high school, hated it all. Um, I, I don't know what it was about the school I was in, uh, school system, but I just rarely found any teachers that cared anymore. They were so sick and tired of dealing with the, the kids who weren't behaving good, that they didn't see the kids that were behaving good. And um, I didn't feel like I was learning anything. I felt like I was studying for tests and my mom was really sick. And so I made the decision to drop out whenever I was 17 years old. And um, the decision I made wasn't like I want to drop out and do nothing. I saw some commercial on TV back then for a school for network engineering. Uh, and essentially, this is network engineering, for those who don't know, is where you can engineer networks for computers to be able to talk together and set up server rooms and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I bet I can do that. I bet I can do that. And this is kind of in the dot-com boom era. So era. So I... Um, I dropped out of high school. I got myself a big fat, too large of a loan through my mother for this school that was a seven month long school. Uh, honestly, it was really criminal, criminal with what they were charging, but it was a seven month long school. And you basically you got certified in all these different certifications, TCPIP, you got your MCSE, which is a Microsoft certification showing that you've had this breadth of knowledge about all these different things. And, um, you know, I became a Novell, uh, a notif uh, certified Novell administrator, uh, which meant that I could, uh, you know, be an administrator for all these Novell networks. And I started getting jobs. I, I worked at um, Cigna in their land department. I worked at Austin College in their land department, got to work in some server rooms. And I was still myself. I was like this weird anomaly because even whenever I was in school, I was a 17 year old in a room with 40 year old men. And they're like, who is this bubbly, 17 year old girl sitting in our room, we're learning about computers and building computers and all of that. So it was kind of a crazy journey. Um, but I've never been scared to think outside of the box. Um, and so I, I started through all these, these jobs and, and I was going to climb the corporate ladder and I was, I was working on it. I was, I, uh, I think the last job I had, I was working at Austin college, but I had worked at EDS, uh, which was Ross Perot's business and made my way up through several levels of support where I was like top tier support and doing all of these, these crazy things and, and ended up being at Austin college, working in a server room, overseeing a department. And I, I think I was only 20, 
20 years old at that time and making more money than I thought was possible <laughs> um, at that time. And, and so, but then I decided to get married and married Johnny and was just so incredibly in love with him. And we decided that we were going to follow and help out with his dad's ministry. And so we started following and doing stuff in that ministry. And then we, uh, we were overseas as missionaries for four years, went over there and did all sorts of crazy stuff there. And so I really put all of this to the side, um, for this grand adventure and calling that we both felt. And, uh, just did some absolutely crazy, incredible things uh, in Thailand and experienced so much. And whenever we came back here to America, I was kind of out of the network engineering uh, world. I was behind. And so I'd have to get like recertified. But the biggest thing was, was I had kids. And it was like, there's no way I'm leaving my babies to go to corporate. Like, I'm just not going to do it. So I have to figure something out. I have to figure out a way I can make money at home. So I did. I started little businesses. Like I, at one point I sold beauty control makeup. I sold uh, LuLaRoe and started trying to build a business that way. I uh, had a pocket beagle breeding business. Please don't hate me. Don't come for me. Um, but a lot of people have varied opinions about that. Uh, but yeah, I had, I had some pocket beagles and they were beautiful. They were our babies and we would breed them once a year. And I had a website and would sell these beautiful puppies uh, to families. And it was awesome. Became the top pocket beagle breeder in the United States for a little while. It was insane. Um, and so it was, it was very small, but business, you know, just side, side money, nothing ever enough to change our lives or anything. But we got to a point where, uh, you know, it just wasn't enough. And we decided, I had decided I wasn't going to work for my father-in-law anymore. And, um, because of multiple reasons. And so it was time to figure things out. And it was so incredible because Chris, I just feel like God had a plan because I met this woman at this mother mom conference that I had been going to. And we kept in touch over the years. Every year we would see each other. And one year she said, what's going on? And it was the year that I was stopping working for my father-in-law. And essentially she was like, well, once you have quit working for him, I want you to come and chat with me. So I followed up with her after I had done that. And it turned out she had bought a side business uh, or a, I'm sorry, a, a, a business for bloggers and she was half in it. So she was, she was half owner of this business and she saw my technical capabilities and she was like, I think you're our techie. I want to bring you in. I want to train you up and I want you to help us build this business. So she starts feeding me courses. I, Amy Porterfield's webinars that convert Jeff Walker's product launch formula, um, Billy Jean's clicks into customers. Uh, so I start devouring courses and just learning everything I can. Next thing I know, I'm learning about funnels and I'm building funnels and I'm learning about Facebook ads. I'm learning about how to put together a webinar. I'm learning about blogging. I'm learning about all this crazy stuff that I didn't even know existed, right? And so I start doing all these things for them and the business is going all right. Um, we hit some hiccups, but essentially it starts growing and she sells that part of the business back over to the original owner. And the owner says, Hey, this is, you're done. Awesome, Stephanie, but I'm changing the direction of everything. So you have one month and, and then you will no longer have a job essentially. So I had one month to figure it out. You know, Wait I had to figure second. out. How Wait, yeah. Hey, are you working your day job and you find yourself successfully discontent? Yeah, that's right. You got the house, the car, the money, the title, but there's still something missing. Well, guess what? You're not by yourself. And in fact, I found myself there and there are thousands 
of others just like you probably sitting in the cube next to you or on your on their way to work just like you are well listen i decided to create a community that's right i have a free newsletter that speaks directly to us it is called successfully discontent go to successfullydiscontent.com right now it's free it's a free newsletter you'll get it every single week tips tricks strategies information for those of us who have found ourselves achieving the most in corporate America, but also successfully discontent. Go to successfullydiscontent.com right now. That's successfullydiscontent.com right now. What are you waiting on? Go ahead and go there right now. Grab your phone, go to your browser on your iPad or whatever your mobile device is, wherever you listen to this and go right now to successfullydiscontent.com. Let's get back to the episode. But wait a second. Wait a second. So I, I want I, I want to figure out these details here. So what year did you start working with this lady on, on this blogging business? And then what how long was that before you get this news? Yeah, I think it was at the end of 2014. And I worked with them, I think, for about a year, a little bit, I was, I was just barely a year. And um. And so then I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And that's when I had taken Billie Jean's course, Clicks into Customers. And so my thought was, okay, I'm not going to corporate. I know about this world now. I have no idea what I could do. But Billie Jean had this example of a dentist. And I was like, what if I could do that for this local chiropractor that I know? And I, ha I didn't really know this chiropractor, but I had seen him online. I'd given him some feedback on his videos. And I was like, what if I asked this chiropractor and I li literally laying in bed one night, I'm like, John, what do you think if I, if I asked this chiropractor, if maybe I could run some ads for him on Facebook and try to get him some people into the, into his office. And John was like, duh, do it. And so, so um, wait a second, this is, this is, this is so fascinating because I, I don't know many people, Stephanie, that have dived into courses the way you have sought out the information the way you did, started working the way you did to get your skill set up. But more importantly, here's something a nuance that maybe you hadn't noticed, but you've you had a skill for ads. And so to be able to to be able to work simultaneously on a skill while also seeing where that skill could apply, not a lot of people are able to do that in real time. So talk to me about what your superpower was as it relates to understanding Facebook ads, because I will tell you that's one area that I am. I am not I'm not a novice because I don't understand it. I'm a novice because it just makes my brain hurt when I think about <laughs> running a Facebook. ad. It just does because people talk about the pixels and you got to have this right and you got to put this together. And I'm like. I just want to pay somebody because I don't I don't understand all the stuff. Yeah. So how did you like get there? Like that's a that's a lot of a set of skills in 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 the Blake brain there. That's that's interesting. That's impressive to me because I I don't have it. Well, you know, I, I think it's just because I've never been scared of technology, right? Okay. Never. And so I, I had no fear around it necessarily, and I was in survival mode. I had learned something and I was like, well. You know, if Billy says that I can do it, then I can do it. And I essentially borrowed Billy's belief because he was over there spewing it out, man. Billy's like, I can do, I did this. You can do this. And, you know, and I was like, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can do this. And so 
I reached out to that chiropractor and I asked him if I could run some ads for him. And he told me no. Okay. He told me no first, but I was persistent. I made him a video. I mocked up all of the, I built the funnel I was going to build for him. I made the ads and I was like, look, this is what it would look like. This is what it would be like. And, and this is how we could generate leads. All I need is for you to give me ad spend. I won't even charge you until we have success. And then uh, per month, I'd charge you this amount. So wait a second, you, you, you get this guy's phone number, you call him. He doesn't know you from a can of paint. You pitch this opportunity to him that, Hey, I will do your ads. I will build the funnel for you. And of course he probably thinks you're speaking Greek or just trying to sell him on something. And so of course yeah. he turns you down. Right. But you, you keep persisting. What was the second phone call? Did you just walk in this dude's office until he you just got annoying? Like, <laughs> Because I want people to understand, I think the reason why I'm going down this path is because I think sometimes we think because we're watching other people's stories basically on social media, right? Like we're mm -hmm. thinking, oh, it just it just must happen. All you got to do is just make a phone call and it's okay. No, it's like, no, you got to be like pretty annoying in a good way, right? Like yeah. on, on your goals, your dreams, on what you're trying to get done. Um, sometimes you got to go give something away for free. Like you're talking a lot of principles that I think a lot of times people just do not want to do. And yeah. I think to me, it's gold what you're saying right now. But like, so what was the second conversation? How did you get this guy to pay you some attention? Well, the crazy part is, is all of this happened inside of Facebook Messenger. So I'm literally just messaging his business wow. page. <laughs> and so the second time, and I will say I had been helpful, like he'd post videos online and I was just curious and it's kind of how I live my life. Like nobody's a stranger to me really. And so, you know, I see this dude online and he's a chiropractor and he's doing Facebook live for the first time in 2014. Right. And like trying to do his thing. And he's like way far back in the camera, like way back there. So we can't really see his face. He's backlit. So I message him. I'm like, Hey, if you, if you move the, if you get a little closer to the camera, people can see your eyes. And then there's this thing called no like, and trust, and it would really help. And at that time I was just giving, I was just trying to help, you know? So I had a couple of messages of built up, um, I guess maybe trust. I don't know if he thought maybe I was just saying those things in order to get to that moment, but literally I was just trying to help the man. <laughs> Cause I was like, Hey, it's a chiropractor. I want to help him get out there in the community to know more about him. So yeah, I messaged him again on Facebook messenger. The second time I included a back then it wasn't loom but it was like a, i think i used camtasia and i had recorded the screen and i heard somewhere that if you have on the screen their website they're much more likely to pay attention so i recorded the screen me talking with my little bobbling head right and i recorded their website i was like look your website is great this is all awesome, but you don't even have a pixel installed. So you can't retarget people. You've got all these, tra all this traffic coming to your website and you're not even able to retarget them. Should you want to retarget them with Facebook ads? And so I just dive into them like, look, this is what we could do. We get the pixel installed. Here's the targeting I would use for your area. Here's the funnel that I built. And I just show it to him. So I had a lot of time invested there. I mean, it wasn't a ton of time. I didn't do uh, everything. And it was so much simpler back then. It's gotten a lot more complicated um, now, but you know, I just had everything mocked up so that he could see that I was for real because otherwise I'm just probably one of the many other marketers that are in his inbox, just trying to get his attention, you know? And so the crazy thing is, is he said, yes. 
and he let me run that campaign and we generated i think it was uh 80 leads that month for him and because he's an incredible chiropractor and had a really awesome office he generated around sixty thousand dollars of extra income in his practice that month and so okay, first of all he was freaking out like that's a small number to you chiropractors out here who are who are watching this video i want you to understand the thing that she didn't say what stephanie did not just say is there are people who could help you if you are struggling to get people in the door but you got to be open to a different way of doing it yeah i don't think like i don't think sometimes we understand like because i got a lot of friends who had their businesses like i got a friend of mine right now i'm thinking about who um the the chiropractic business is a family business and it's nationwide mm -hmm. but they haven't changed a thing about the way they do stuff mm -hmm. and so of course the churn and the constant you know hoping that somebody okay. walks through the door and it's like no sometimes you got to embrace a different way of doing stuff thankfully there was a stephanie there being a new nuisance saying look i can help you right but that doesn't always happen and so i just wow like this is an incredible story because here you became a win and a godsend to this person who had no clue right so once you once you generate this sixty thousand dollars for him did you leverage it as like social proof to start thinking down this path of being an agency what was the next thing from that because it had to feel good to you too oh my gosh i was freaking out i was freaking out because this guy was now going to pay me uh, essentially fifteen hundred dollars a month and i was like oh that's oh. more like i'm like oh my gosh that that just this is just crazy for me because i'm going to be monitoring his campaign and back mm -hmm. then in 2016 when you're running ads is nothing like it is now like you literally could set a campaign and it was good for a couple of weeks i mean you got to check it and stuff um and then back then all the leads are thrown into a spreadsheet so it's like here's your leads and it's hands off you know it's not the story today um but so at that point I was freaking out and he was freaking out. He's like, what do we got to do to keep this going? And essentially I said, what do you think about doing a webinar together? And he said, sounds great. I'll bring some of my chiropractic buddies from all over the United States. And so I had no idea how many people he was going to bring on the webinar, but he ended up bringing 10 people on the webinar. And all I did was I talked through what we had done together and what the results were. And essentially nine out of 10 of those guys signed up on the webinar. And I was freaking out. That was my first time I, I had a $7,000 day. I, I, I didn't even know what to do with myself. Talk about imposter syndrome. I'm like, oh, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Like I was really <laughs> freaking out at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I knew who Billie Jean was. And he was one, you know, I had been in his clicks in a customer's course. They had gotten that course for me. And so I was like, the minute I made enough money, I called Billy Jean. He's like, how much do I need to pay you so that I'm in your mastermind so that I can learn how to do this? So and so it's interesting. I've been following Billy Jean for a number of years. And Billy, when you watch this video, you know, thanks, Stephanie, because I'm not going to lie on the outside looking in. I'm like, is this guy for real? Like, is he? This doesn't sound like. Is this really real? Like the way he goes about things, um, to me, he was the very first person I saw online willing to be 
really loud and out there about oh, yeah. how good he was. And then you just started seeing all the social proof. But again, I've never had any interaction with him. Billy, I would love to meet you. Love to have you on the show. But, you know, talk about what was it about going through some of the things that you learned from him in his program? Why was the program even helpful to you? What what made it so that it was the information was applicable immediately? Because I think sometimes we're afraid, like if you think about it, my audience are coursed to death. They're afraid yeah. of like, well, somebody else is just charging more money. Like, okay, there's another money grab for this. Another, like, what is it that made that one worth you going, I got to make this happen because I'm able to get results? Well, the thing is, is I think the crazy thing is, is I think most courses that are out there, a lot of them have all this actionable content. And, and don't get me wrong, Billy's course was amazing. Uh, and, a, and a lot of what Billy gave me was belief. Um, mm. and I don't know, I don't know if he gets that or not fully because he did, of course, give me the how, right. There were walkthrough videos on how to set up a campaign. There were walkthrough videos on how to, what a landing page should look like. And he'd talk about, you know, copy what, you know, what, how should you communicate sales messaging and how do you close a sales call? You know, there's, there's all that kind of information there, but man, there's so many courses out there that contain that information. But I think the difference was Billy let me get that belief. And then I was hungry enough to do it. And as someone who has created courses before, and I've had people inside of my courses, there's always that unfortunate 80, 20 rule. And it's usually 80% that are not going to actually complete your course. They're most of them are going to start and watch one or two videos and not watch any more of them. And there's a 20% that will actually tune in, become a part of your community and actually watch your videos. And most of the time that has nothing to do with your actual content. It's actual human nature. Now we can engineer and we can make our courses better this way and that way in order to fight against that. And I think that we should. And as, as people who provide information as a service, I think it's important that we fight to have that. But the reality is, is that I think it was a combo of me being hungry and Billy helping me believe that I was capable to do it. And I mean, I'm just this homeschooling mama of four at that period of time, you know, like I hadn't really been, I've never really truly been in that industry. And I'd, I'd been making all these things for that previous business for a little while there, but like, did I know how to run an agency? No. <laughs> did I know how to sell? No. I like, there's so many things I didn't know, but I was willing to step out and do it. And then once I had done it and I got this first client and then we did this webinar, then I was willing to pay people to show me the path that I couldn't see so that I didn't have to stumble and fall on my face over and over again. Now, I still stumbled, I still fell on my face, but there were so many things that I didn't have to go through and ha didn't have to deal with because I was willing to say, okay, I just made this huge chunk of money, but I'm gonna turn around, I'm gonna hand that chunk of money to someone who's already walked the path, who can make and collapse time for me and who can make my journey more straightforward because the reality is, is I got kids, I got a family, I've got goals. I am in survival mode. I'm going to make this happen, but I cannot make it happen by myself. So I'm going to reinvest that money back into my brain and back into su support for myself so that as I'm doing this, for one, I don't feel alone because I knew if I felt completely alone in all of it, it would have been so much harder, but I had a community to belong to. I had people that I could borrow belief from. And I also had those resources that if I needed them and need to go look at another campaign, need to go look at another funnel, then I could. And so, um, it, it, 
it was definitely something that um, I don't know how much of it was the course itself, although the content is wonderful, don't get me wrong, but it was the hunger and the belief and that I knew that I could do it and I wanted it that bad. So for anybody who's listening and maybe you've got a course, I'm, I'm sure if, you've, if you're a course buyer, I mean, I've got courses I still have that I haven't gone through. So I've fallen into that 80% at different times in my life. But when you're hungry, you're going to go in there and you're going to get it. And you got to make sure that fear never becomes your roadblock. Because I could have said, what wow. if he says no? Right? Like, what if he says no? Well, he did say no. The worst happened. He said no. And I went back and I asked again. Right. Um, and it, it, it was a matter of not allowing the, the what ifs, the, the future fear of something that hasn't even happened yet to stop me from creating the, the life of my dreams. Man, you know, um, I, I think that getting over it the first time. Right. Like, I think there's something about. Um, starting that journey and you got over yourself you know you you did the webinar and people signed up and then you had to get over yourself again but i also like the fact that you talked about because one of the things that is not talked about a lot and I, I i surely try to make sure that i hone on in it in our community is that you know at the end of the day um the money you make from your side business is not yours Hmm. You first start making money. Like I remember my first $7,000 day. My first, the first uh, time I made it, uh, one of our side businesses started a health and wellness business at the end of the first month, 30 days later, I had a check for $7,508 and 34 cents. And those 34 nice. cents were important. And I remember getting that check and thinking to myself, I just cracked the code on, I felt like Neo in the matrix, right? Like, yes. Oh my God, this is amazing. But I also had another realization that, to your point, oh, but this money belongs to the business. Mm. I've got to reinvest this money if I want. Because a lot of people, right, because, you know, as an employee mentality, hey, I just did some work. Well, I should get paid. No, that's not how it typically works when you're building a business. The business yeah. is like a little baby that can't walk, can't move, can't do anything. You have to do all of the stuff until the business is up and running. I'm curious, I brought this up because I'm curious from, from your perspective. What are some hard truths that you've had to deal with in building a business? Mm. What are some of those hard truths that even impacted your family? Yeah. Um, that you've had to understand, navigate sometimes that might've not been the easiest thing. You didn't see it when it started, but boy, once things got going, some of these hard truths probably smacked you in the face, right? I know I've definitely yeah. had my share. What what were some of those for you? Uh, I think one of the biggest ones that's been the most impactful throughout the entire journey. So it was impactful in the beginning, but in the middle and and still now it's, is the fact that the journey itself is what qualifies you to reach the goal. And uh, it's a concept uh, by Ryan Holiday called, and he has a book called The Obstacle is the Way. Oh, and yes. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea here is I think whenever we are, whenever we're doing the thing, we resent the pain and we resent the struggle. And we sometimes whenever crap hits the fan, we're going, ah, you know, we're freaking out. And, um, for me, like I, 
whenever I get stressed out, I, feel, I like, I feel it. I can, sometimes I can feel my nerve on my nerves on end. And, you know, some people deal with panic attacks and, and different things happen. But the reality is, is that a hard truth is that problems will never stop in business. Like they don't just stop. You wake up and all of a sudden your business is just whoop, whoop, everything is fine. And I just, I would just challenge almost, maybe there's a, you know, a couple billionaires out there <laughs> and they've got things in such emotion that they don't ever have to worry about problems. But I do know like one or two billionaires and they still got problems, things that they're trying to figure out, right? Like the problems just don't stop. And and the sooner you can accept that and recognize that and 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 decide that you are an innovator, you are someone who eats problems for breakfast. You are someone who problems are you're not going to allow problems to weigh you down or 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 um to stop you from forward movement because the reality is is the problems and the failures are actually what teach us something. So I love the saying, I believe it was by Nelson Mandela, but he says, I never lose, I only win or I learn something. And it's truly become a mantra in my life in that I, whenever a problem comes or something, the crap hits the fan, something goes one way, like I lose an employee that's critical and pivotal and it feels like the end of the world. Reality is, is I know now because I can look back at history and I can say nothing is the end of the world. The end of the world is whenever I decide to stop moving forward, right? Like quote unquote, as far as like my business world. And if I decide to shy away from this problem, if I decide not to take care of the problem or to shrink away in fear, well, then I've, I've actually really lost. But the reality is, is I know who I am. I can look back at the history of Stephanie and the history of Stephanie says that whenever going gets tough, whenever things are really hard, what do I do? I rally and I figure it out. It's not always clean, but I freaking figure it out and I move forward, right? That's what I do. I move forward. Man. And so I start to understand and learn and build this muscle of confidence. And I'm probably going to butcher this, but Myron Golden talks about confidence um, in a manner of like having faith in yourself. Like you can, you can confidently, you can confide in yourself. Um, yeah. And he, he has this great teaching on it. If you don't know who Myron Golden is, guys, check him out. But, but the, but the whole thing is, is we lose faith in ourselves whenever we don't show up, whenever we back away from things. But I started to recognize that, like, look, if something happens in business, it isn't the end of the world because I'm going to figure it out somehow, some way, because that is what I do. And to take on that mentality and not allow that to be dissuaded by whatever problem hits me that day is one of the biggest hard truths because those failures, those hard hitting things are what grows the character and what grows who I am so that I am qualified to reach the end of my journey or these goalposts that we reach. And it's because I was willing to overcome those things. And entrepreneurialism is freaking hard. Like yes. if it were easy, everybody else would be doing it. But there's very few select people who actually make it past the first year in business. And that's because problems come and they come and they come. And if you can adapt a mentality of, you know, I'm a problem solver. It's what I do. Like I wake up, I eat problems for breakfast, right? Like I never, I never lose. I only win or I learn something, right? And so yeah. every situation that happens, it's happening for you, not, not, not to you, right? And so changing that mentality so that, and it's been one of the biggest revelations for me because I now understand at a deeper level, and I'm sure I have deeper levels to understand it at even still, but I understand at this level 
that when the crap hits the fan, instead of automatically feeling that anxiety, feeling that insecurity, feeling that imposter syndrome, feeling that fear creeping in, instead, I don't have to do that. I can go, oh, look, this is an opportunity to grow. This is an opportunity to lead. This is an opportunity to become a better problem solver. And I'm not saying that's easy, but whenever you can make that switch, it changes everything because you yeah. become unstoppable. 